just hold on How wrong will one day be put right Just hold on The darkness is no match for the Thank you for joining us on Sozo Talk Radio. My name is Daniel Lovett. And on the line today, I've got Carrie Wacker. And he's become a, a very dear friend ever since I met him in the foyer of church one day. We hit it off really well. We got a lot of similar interests and we uh, meet regularly to have coffee and conversate and just, yeah, do life together. Carrie, how are you doing today? I'm doing real good. Thanks, Daniel. That's awesome. And so I'm, re I'm really excited to talk to Kerry today because he's got an amazing encounter with Jesus that he shared me that actually has made its way into my book, The Christian Mystic, which I'm so excited about. I'm so excited about this, uh, this book. And Kerry, your story is a wonderful addition. In fact, I, not only do I include your story, I include one of your visions that you had. We'll talk about both those things today. How about that? All right. Very good. Yeah. So, so tell, us, tell us your story. Like... Start from wherever you want to, and just leading into this in powerful encounter with Jesus you had. All right. Uh, well, so I'm going to actually start in the very beginning. I, um, I grew up, and I lost my parents at a very young age. I was very angry. So I decided that, you know, God did that to me. At that point when I was little, and I became angry with God, then as I, you know, got older and started learning more, uh, I grew up non-religious. My grandmother raised me. We never went to church. I didn't have any religious background, whatever. And we were, we lived in, you know, poverty and low rent housing and all that type of stuff. So uh, as I was growing up, I just became uh, basically rejected everything. I called myself an, an atheist, and I, you know, I actually laughed at people that believed in God. Well, you know, life went on. When I was 18, I ended up moving to a, away from home. I actually opened a business with a, a partner, a friend of mine, and uh, we were having a, a discussion about, you know, God and and our lives. What we thought it was really all about you know like everybody has those conversations so at one point he dared me to read the bible and to prove it wrong so i had never read the bible before and i started reading it and it took me well i was reading it like a book i just started in genesis and started reading it like you know you would read any other book so it i didn't do it real faithfully it took me about 3 years I, I wasn't, I still didn't believe anything. I was just a story that I was reading, basically. So one night, like three years into the process, I was just at home. I actually don't even remember what I was reading. It was something in Luke. I wasn't really asking, but, you know, at that point, after reading the whole thing and getting that far along into it, I was probably, I don't actually remember, but I was most likely saying, you know, if this is real, you know, why don't you just show me? That was probably my mindset. I don't remember actually saying those words or anything. But as I was sitting there, it was like 11 o'clock at night by myself. And all of a sudden, the room just radiated with light. 
it was like the whitest purest light i would say like like phosphorus burning just completely engulfing everything in pure white and it was jesus so jesus came into the room and i remember thinking in my anger and disbelief and everything like that i just remember thinking that i had all these big huge questions you know about humanity and uh, all the hurts in the world and disease and you know why people had to suffer and all that kind of stuff so uh once jesus came into the room i the best way to say it is a peace surrounded me that was breathtaking and i basically didn't have any of those questions anymore because i realized that none of it was true or even mattered i'm just going to close my eyes and walk through it a little bit so i'm sitting on the couch and this bright white light totally engulfs the whole room and it was so strong and powerful i remember that i actually just uh i was sitting on the couch and i leaned forward and dropped my knees i was like in astonishment he said carrie i love you i've always loved you and there's nothing that you can do that would make me stop loving you i was number one mesmerized but again i had all these questions and i just couldn't ask them anymore because they just didn't seem to matter i was enveloped in this total love and peace and truth and i believe uh in the background i was i i don't know if i was taken into a heavenly realm but i wasn't any longer in my room uh sitting there i was just in this environment of complete peace i just spent a long time in that at least that's what it seemed like to me and i just realized that realized isn't even a good way to say it i had a overwhelming knowledge that in that place there was only peace there were no controversies everything was good it was pure i couldn't even ask a negative question because there was no negative there it was all in one and for one and working together and it seemed like there were people walking around in this place not paying attention to us at all but just walking in that same oneness that everybody was there for the the same thing everybody was there for the same reason everybody was working in this whole truth like a complete oneness that's the only way that i can say it like there's no there were no negative there wasn't wasn't anything that wasn't pure and good so my questions were like 
they were negatives. And so I just lost them because of the experience or the environment that I was in. I just lost the whole, the whole connection to anything that could be negative because it was so good and peaceful. He said, Carrie, I love you. And there's nothing that you can do that would make me your, he said, you're mine. And then I said, well, you know, what about all the things I've done? And he just smiled. And, and he said, but you're mine. I love you. So, <laughs> and then I, I was totally uh, taken into love. Like there was no fear. There was no anything like that. It was just complete. I just felt part of him. One of the whole positive everything. So I did ask him a few questions, uh, you know, like, what about the things I've done? And he just smiled and said, I've been with you the whole time. And then I started, you know, saying, well, what about the, there are, there are bad things that I'm doing or, you know, what people consider bad. Uh, like I was, you know, I was a partier. I was taking drugs and, uh, you know, messing around with uh, women. <laughs> My lifestyle was not good. Well, it was fun, but it wasn't what the world was saying was good. He just was looking at me and smiling. And he said, but you are good. All of those things, they just, they weren't important at the time when I was speaking to him. And so, you know, I said, well, what about the things that I, I am doing and that I'm going to do? And, and he said that, you know, I love you and I know you and you can't get away. That you are mine. I don't even know how to describe it. It was the most wonderful experience that you could have. That you are forgiven, not only for your past, but also for your future. And I just felt that I, I met the best experience that I could ever have. That there was no shame. There was no guilt for my future, my past. It wasn't really even up to me to earn forgiveness. He just loved me. And so when I asked him about that, he said, well, you know, you can keep doing those things, but it's just going to be harder on you. Or you can go ahead and let go. Surrender is probably the best way. Surrender over to my goodness and your, the rest of your life will be easier. But it wasn't a prerequisite. He said, you're still mine. You're, you're mine. Like you can run, but you can't hide. No getting around it, but I also am his and will be forever. There's no hitches in there. There's nothing that I can do to get away from it. it during this whole thing, he said, I, I've known you from the beginning. I've seen your end. I know you and I love you and you're mine. And you know, what do you do when you, when, when you, when you're told something like that, what do you even do? It's like, well, well, <laughs> I had no answers or um, most of our time that we spend here is pretty low level on the whole, on the universal whole. There's nothing we can do to change the truth. It's already happening and it's, it's written and it's, the end is already written. So 
we can walk into it more peacefully or we can be dragged into it with more force. And the force is actually the fret and the worry and all of those things that we take on that yeah. aren't of any real matter. Yeah, that cause suffering. You know, when you were talking, I just, I just loved how you talk about you get to surrender to this love. You get to surrender to this goodness and have a richer experience, you know, an abundant life, as Jesus would say, right? Just what, a, what an amazing encounter with Jesus. It changed your whole life, right? Yeah. You've never been the same since. You met Jesus, like for real. <laughs> yeah. The part that changed in my life, the part that I knew without a doubt was the love and how much he loves every single creation of his all of it he loves it as much as he loves me and in him there's no difference because we're all the same you know i didn't have any religious background i actually didn't know much about christianity at all i just met jesus and so i decided well i'm going to start going to church that's what christians do <laughs> you know I, I went to church it was probably two weeks into it and i told my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife uh, i i said to her uh this isn't who i met <laughs> yeah the the jesus that they were telling me about that that's not the jesus that i met yeah. i met pure love and they were telling me that i had that i had to to be a certain way to show that love. You know, in, in my experience then, after uh, being trained up as a Christian, I actually became kind of a, I, I, the best way I can say it, because I'm on the other side of that now, I became a, you know, kind of an ugly person that was judgmental and decided everybody else needed to go through the hoops that I learned that I needed to go to, even though the whole time, I, I knew I didn't have to go through those. It's like, you know, he told me that. Yeah. So it's like you knew better. You were set straight by Jesus himself right from the get-go. You had this pure experience of who he's truly like. And then you're you're encountering this kind of different message, this kind of convoluted message of uh, or picture of who Jesus was that people were selling and kind of more re religious mindset or religiosity, perhaps, legalistic. Well, yeah. You, you know what it and it like it sounds so simplistic but it comes down to we think we have to do something to be right with him when he makes us right with him and we just need to be you know giving out more of him which is love and peace and gentleness and kindness it's funny all those words you know that we speak even in you know the christian world which I'm a Christian, I, you know, I go to church, I love Christ, and I love his people. But it's not, it's not about us doing anything. He, he's already done it. It's just so much easier. Yeah, the finished work of Christ. Like, you're signed, sealed, and delivered in him, and you get to rest in him. And that's like, that's the way of uh, following the way, right? That's how yeah. that's, that's actually uh, how Christians were first described, followers of the way. But I loved how you talk about 
you know, your recognition of our oneness there. I really see that as a major theme in this, in this current great awakening that we're in. Oneness. That's what I think. I think that's really one of the key points God's emphasizing. At least he has for me and many, many others that I've interviewed and friends I've had that have had meetings and encounters with Jesus. Uh, they're taught on their oneness. And even my wife, she had a dream about oneness, our oneness with God. Like, wow. That's so powerful. Yeah. From my experience then, going to church, being retrained and, you know, learning how to be a Christian and all that type of stuff. I, you know, I would see little glimpses of him in all the things around me, but I could never like put it all together. So I actually started looking in, I started looking into like near death experiences and I'm like, they are explaining who I met way more than anybody that at church that's, yeah. you know, and I, I don't mean to be getting down on church, but they had a sim. I didn't die or anything. I didn't have a near death experience, but it's almost this. Most of them actually experience the same meeting, or the same, uh, you know, being taken into that environment that I felt and what you know who I met. And no, I didn't see Jesus's face. Like I did because I could. I couldn't paint it, but yeah. I could tell his expression when he was smiling. Everything that was so important, it was like no problem. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And big smile on his face. I, I, when I met Jesus nine months ago in, in, in a vision again, I mean, I've had several encounters with him throughout my life, but nine months ago I had this powerful encounter with him and yeah, he came with a big smile on his face. And I would emphasize it's not about, you know, what does his physical features look like? I think he could appear different to anyone and everyone. I think he, I think he gets a kick out of even showing up, looking in unique ways trying something else out you know like yeah. he did this to his disciples after he rose again from the dead like he was right. looking different at the sea of galilee which is why they're like no one dared to ask him if he really was jesus because <laughs> wait a minute he's looking different you know on that occasion or like when he appeared to the two men walking on the emmaus road like he looked different they didn't recognize him until he broke the bread and was like oh this is jesus like he recognized yeah. the quality of his spirit you know, yeah, it's pretty good at being, you know, just being the whole presence, not necessarily the package. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I know you've shared on a previous occasion just how Jesus uh, said these specific words, you can never escape my love, you know, and I, I love how this message of grace that comes from Jesus, there's nothing you could do that could make me love you any less. There's no catch to that. And no. it's true for everyone. Yes. It's true for everyone, however lost and broken you might be. You know, That's like it. a leper or maybe a uh, prostitute or an yeah. adulteress or a murderer. <laughs> yeah. Murderer, yes. Or You know, if you can think of the worst example that humanity has ever provided for us, he loves them the same and with that infinite love. Like Genghis Khan, for instance, I don't know who has caused more damage on, on the planet when you really research what, what he in particular did you know but here jesus loves his lost little boy genghis khan the one that's the avatar that we know as genghis khan <laughs> that you know that's his son that's his lost little boy 
that he wants to restore with his love, right? You know, we can suffer or make people suffer too. That's something we create here. It's not, it doesn't go into heaven. Like there's no suffering there. So we, we can choose to suffer or put, you know, burdens and suffer, uh, suffering on other people, which, you know, we, we don't understand that. All we need to understand is, yeah, I'm just his little boy. You know, I was really comforted by a scripture in Revelation 21 where it talks about Jesus wiping away every tear from our eyes. Like, and that day will come for everyone. Uh, you know, I, I believe, I firmly believe that. And just as the Bible says, um, as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. You know, that it's uh, ultimate reconciliation. And why wouldn't I extend this, you know, this... Uh, to, to everyone, everywhere, and all of creation, really. Like you said earlier, like he loves, the Lord is loving toward all he has made. And is there anything that he hasn't made? No, he is the, the creator God from the, the source, the one who created all, you know, and, and like, in, you know, in every universe, <laughs> it's like, wow, wow. And this is the God who incarnated as a baby and uh, <laughs> made himself vulnerable to to all sorts of woundings that we had to heap upon him and he absorbed it all absorbed every blow and offers forgiveness you know forgiving them from the cross forgiving you from the cross and that's beautiful yeah when you look at the pain and suffering just in his actual crucifixion that he went through and the last thing he said was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yeah. Like he already forgave them. Like he didn't know that was going on, you know, going to happen. But it was all for that. It, it, you know what it reminds me of is me throwing my temper tantrum about my life before I met him. And, you know, like I was throwing all that garbage on him when it wasn't on him. It was just... Um, and it's my experience. It was my experience, but not in him. It was my own suffering, but I put it all on him, I, I, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. And we, we've all certainly done that at one time or another. And gosh, that's more just blows that we offer him, isn't it? It's, it's, like, it's like we're punching him in the face, but he's just like a toddler, you know? <laughs> punching their papa in the face he's just like oh, i love you and he's just going to be there for us until we calm down and, and melt into his love and into that peace once again yeah. um you know and here here we are two random guys from appleton wisconsin who have encountered jesus face to face i don't think this is as rare as some people think and really this is what i believe jesus intends for every believer to actually meet him, to actually encounter him in these sorts of ways. And, and so for any of our listeners, do you want your own encounter with Jesus? You do not have to die and have a near-death experience to have this. You can have this today. What kind of advice would you give, Carrie, to anybody who wants to experience Jesus for themselves? Oh, that's actually pretty easy. Ask. In fact, you know, if you like, if you do that, I'll guarantee he'll show up. Like, if you 
if you want to see them, not in your own uh, understanding. That would be my advice. I actually, you know what? I dare you to. I dare <laughs> anybody to totally ask. Uh, you don't even have to pray. Just, uh, I just dare you. <laughs> yeah, and I double dog dare you. Well, and see if he doesn't show up. He'll show up. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, as Jesus I, said. I, I don't know. I and everybody has uh, an experience too. Like, hmm. it's a real experience. It's like if you ask, he will give you a real experience. It's not going to be like, oh, I think I saw him over here, or I think I saw him over there. He he'll actually let you experience him personally in wherever you're at. I believe that totally because that's how good he is. He he's that good. And don't lose your way like we did. I know Carrie and I, we both um even had a, encounters with Jesus early on, you know, in our in our Christian experience that really did set a tone, but you can waver from that because sometimes we get surrounded by even Christian cultures who have lost their way and you know we conform to another set of whatever another image of jesus and the, and i you know i experienced for many years uh losing my way and being in severe depression despair all because i was mixed up about who jesus was and it wasn't jesus fault it was it was me trying to reconcile what i was hearing in church and you know messages of sinners in the hands of an angry god kind of stuff, uh, which is probably one of the most blasphemous sermons that has ever been promulgated upon humanity. It's sinners in the hands of, of a loving God, or rather it's God in the hands of angry sinners. That's probably the most accurate uh, picture that we have. And, uh, you know, in Jesus, right? Uh, that we crucified well, our loving Savior. And the fact that he never walks away from you. We only walk away from him. And how we do that is what, that's what we call sin. That's what that's all about. He doesn't leave you when you sin. You leave him. <laughs> yeah, we basically just put a blinders on. We're still immersed in him, as the scriptures say. In him we live and move and have our being. And this is infinite love that we're swimming in, that yeah. we could never escape. Um, and so we put our blinders on. And, and in that blindness, our existential experience, you know, is suffering, is what we would call hell, you know, being in the all-consuming fire of the love of God. And, and you know, so. Well, and, and I, I want to clarify the word sin. That's what that is. It's just our blinders. Whenever we become blind, we're in sin. It's almost always not what you're doing. <laughs> Everybody likes to say, you know, oh, you're doing this. That's sin. That's sinful. No, it's actually, it comes from your heart. It comes from when you no longer, you know, trust and walk with him in his kingdom. That's sin. And, you know, really, most of us uh, are out there sinning a lot. <laughs> Jesus heals the blind. He came to heal the blind. It's interesting, in, in John chapter 9, that was the exact scripture that I was about to, I was in, a, in the middle of a Bible study uh, through John, and, and, I, and I finished up John chapter 8. 
you know, and I knew what the next chapter was about him healing the blind man. And I, and I just prayed that night. I was like, God, I know I'm blind. Will you heal my blindness? Will you heal my blindness? You know, and, and lo and behold, that was the exact night that I had my, my vision experience where I met Jesus face to face, you know, and I came out of this hellish darkness of my own making really. And, um, into his wonderful kingdom of love and community and uh, got acquainted with the host of heaven. And uh, I wish this for everyone. And you can do the same. Just ask Jesus to heal your blindness. Admit your blindness. The Lord pours out his grace and kindness to the humble. He always responds to, to humility, even no matter how bad you are. We're talking about, there's a scriptural example about Ahab who there's the Bible says there's never a man like Ahab who sold himself to do, to do sin, you know, who sold himself over to wickedness. And yet Ahab humbles himself and the Lord responds. He's like, Oh, humility. I love that. You know, and even Manasseh, one of the wickedest Kings who murdered hundreds of people, you know, and the Lord kept trying to get his attention, send him prophets while he'd murder those prophets, you know, and, and he just went on this way for a long time, 50 year reign. And just causing a horrible mess, all this, this occult, you know, worshiping demons and sacrificing children. And the, and he, and the, the Lord humbles him by putting him in a prison cell in Babylon. And from that prison cell, he humbles himself. And what does Jesus do? Rushes to the rescue of his lost little boy and yeah. reinstates him as King. And so from the, for the last remaining few years of his reign, he's like, everybody worship the Lord. You know, this is how gracious and kind God is. Second Peter 3, after Jesus' crucifixion, the first thing he does is go down to release the prisoners in Sheol. Who are the prisoners? The people from the day of Noah. We don't even know the stories because they were so bad, they're not even written down. <laughs> yeah. Right? And that's yeah. the first thing he does. He goes down to, to uh, preach the gospel. Yeah. Well, you know, the gospel is, it's his good news. It's yeah. his love, his joy, his peace, and that you don't have to do anything for it. He just did it. That's yeah. the gospel. That's yeah. the good news. Yeah, and he's setting free the, the prisoners, and he's setting free the captives. That means he's setting free the perpetrators and the ones who are bound up because they've been perpetrated upon. But guess what? Yeah. All of us are both. Oh, oh, yes. If that's not good news, what is? <laughs> Oh, and guess what? There's a free sale today of forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. He's reconciling all of humanity so that we can ascend into Christ likeness. You know, yeah. and he's given us everything we need for life and for godliness. And we just get to open our eyes to it and receive that healing of our sight. Yeah, we get we get to like get completely uh remade. We become reborn. We we get have a new birth. But when you see it that's when, you know, that's when it happens. It's like you see, and that is when you are reborn because you see from new eyes. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Sozo Talk Radio. If you've enjoyed this, please subscribe, consider sharing it. If you enjoyed the material, you can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash reflect worship. That supports our music ministry. Uh, the song that this episode opened with is one of our, our latest. You can check that out at our 
Reflect Worship YouTube channel or reflect.bandcamp.com. Uh, and yeah, consider supporting this too. We're listener supported. How about that? Stay tuned for another episode with Carrie where we dive into his vision. Really awesome. It was really beautiful and amazing. It also appears in my book, which uh, you can download a sample of that, The Christian Mystic. Uh, links, All the links for this is in the description below. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful, awesome day in Christ.